Learn the most empowering hiring techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with your host, Rick Gerard. All right, last week I had a conversation with a CEO who thought it was too early to establish core values because his company was only 15 people. His thinking was that things would just change anyway and he would have to do them all over again as the company grows. But there was a ginormous problem. Two of his people recently quit. The last four offers he made were turned down and the candidate pipeline was drying up for him. And he thought it was all about the money. So he's bought into the hype of what's going on today. So today, more than ever, people desire to be in alignment with the values of the organization. If they aren't in alignment, they leave. And here's the truth. Your company has values whether you like it or not. Solidifying your values and making them a decision-making tool can never happen too early and will only fuel company growth. I'm Rick Gerard. Welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. We help entrepreneurs and executives win-win the strongest hires. We do so by sharing insights from top-performing rebel entrepreneurs, game changers, and industry leaders like our guest today, Mr. Mark Reifenrath. Now, Mark is the CEO and co-founder of Spin You Tech, a full-service digital marketing agency with over 165 team members across the U.S. Mark has helped Spinutech grow from a college startup to one of the premier full-service digital marketing agencies in the country. The secret ingredient? Company values that are truly lived, including a commitment to get better every day. In that capacity, Mark understands firsthand how critical a company's culture is to achieving and maintaining success, which is what makes Mark the perfect expert for today's topic. Mark, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here and uh, have a great conversation with you. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. So I can never talk too much about values and culture because, quite frankly, I think it's such a critical element in company success, and it's so brushed under the rug. I don't think it's that important right now, but it really is. So share a little bit of your story as to you're kind of a late bloomer with this whole thing, right? <laughs> yeah. So we started, I was a junior in college. It was 2000, uh, dot-com bubble had just burst and we started a, a web design and development company. Uh, perfect timing, right? And we went honestly, probably 16 years, I would say, before we had a good formalized set of core values. Now, Prior to that, it wasn't that they didn't necessarily exist, but they were not formalized at all. So we didn't even recognize we had a culture until probably 2008. Uh, we were at South by Southwest and flying home from the Interactive Festival and just asked a lot of questions of why were we doing this and why weren't we doing that, which was kind of part of the core value conversation as well. 2016 is when we really wrote them down and they have evolved a little bit since then and, and really landed in a great spot today, but it was not a day one exercise that we did by any means at all. Got it. Here's what I'm noticing the challenge is I'm around other entrepreneurs and CEOs all the time. And one of the things they complain about is the, the market and the people and they don't want to work. And the truth is that there are a lot of companies out there that are doing it right, that are getting people and they're onboarding them, they're keeping them and they're sticking around. They're doing great work for them. I think that this idea that and by the way, most of those companies have put in core values in place and they evaluate people for core values and they hire and they empower the people through core values as well. I always leave Amazon as one of the huge examples of companies that actually have done that right and continue to thrive because of it. So I love to say that we hire, fire, lead, manage, and solve problems with our core values. 
And we talked about this in our conversation last week. The only way you can actually do that though, is if your core values are lived and not aspirational. Our core values are absolutely lived. It's a part of our daily DNA and our thread of who we are. When we give shout outs, it includes a core value. Uh, when we're thinking about hiring somebody, we're talking about, are they in alignment with our four core values? And if there is a, so, you know, one of our big ones is uh, we over me, we want team players, not ego driven, arrogant individuals that are ladder climbers. And so we intentionally ask questions to try to weed those out. And so I think a mistake that a lot of companies make is they can write down these great, big, lofty core values that it's what they think people want to hear, what the market may want, or what a potential employee may want. But if it's not who you really are, you created a huge problem for yourself. Well, one of the other things I see is they just pick a bunch of words out of a dictionary and put them on the wall. What's catchy? What's the latest uh, catchphrase or, or term that's hot and people are really attracted to? For example, like integrity is always, always one of them. But you need to have some language behind it as to what that means because nobody knows what integrity means to you or to the organization if you don't have some sort of definition behind it. Can you imagine opening up a dictionary and just seeing words <laughs> like with no definitions? Yes. I mean, that's basically what you're giving people. Hey, here's a bunch of words on the wall. Live them. <laughs> yes. So I like to say, too, as a leader, you have to have a perfect, near perfect record. You're going to, we're all human. We're going to mess up. But I, as a leader, need to have a perfect record with our core values and display them on a regular basis so that the team buys into that. And it's like, oh, it's just words. We don't really follow them. It's just aspirational. We just want to do those things, but we don't always. So I agree, you have to have a further definition. So, you know, the we over me one, um, it, it's you come to do great work with others because we're team members, not employees. I like to say employees like to come to check boxes and check clocks. And so when you come to do great work with others, um, that's a different mentality. Or we get better every day is our first core value. Well, we come to get better for ourselves, the team that you're on and for our clients. So that's the actional part of it, of what are you gonna come to work today you know what that's our Notre Dame sign that we tap every morning before we enter the field of play for work and we're going to get better one way or another and, and that can be a lot of different things to each individual but we're putting some action behind that one why has this been important to your company so about hmm, 12 years ago I was at a, a, a leadership conference and they said if it's important to you it should come from you and and that was probably a good turning point too of just realizing you need to talk about the things that matter whether it was core values or the culture and so I now do a cultural onboarding and core values overview with every new team member, hopefully day one, ideally week one of their start of employment with Spinny Tech. And I think if we didn't have these things, one, a new team member is always going to be an attack on your culture and potentially your core values. And so you've got to set that tone. I always like to say we want to get that DNA of our, our core values and, and culture injected into them as quickly as possible so that they're in alignment. Now, you want to take advantage of their fresh perspective. You want them to challenge things, ask a lot of questions, ask why, be curious. But if we didn't have those things, it would be a little bit more of the wild, wild west. I would also say, if you want to grow and scale a business, if you don't have these things, it's going to be a much more bumpy road throughout that growth process because growth is an attack as well on the framework of your business. These core values for us and our culture have absolutely helped us in some situations, accelerate through or handle that growth with less problems than what 
I would perceive we would have had if we didn't have a, a strong culture and core values. So what would you say would be the amount of headache that you've saved yourself or the amount of sleep that you've been able to have because of it? Man, I mean, I don't know that I can accurately measure it. I, I think the unknown of what it would have been without them, though, is super scary for me. Like, I, I was told repetitively that growth from 50 people to 75 is going to be super turbulent, super rocky. And I think we talked about that, knowing that we were told that so much. We talked about that constantly. 50 to 75 was actually pretty, it wasn't super turbulent for us. 75 to 100 people, though, got a little harder. There were more. We had We were forced to put in new layers of leadership and things like that, but you had to fall back on those core values. And, and so that helped us think about who we wanted or what that person, that role would be, how they would um, facilitate the, in that role and stuff like that. Those core values were instrumental in building the framework for that growth when we hit that next tier. And I would imagine it saved you a ton of time in making sure that you're attracting the right people and repelling the people that are not gonna resonate with who your company is. 100%. Yeah. I would, it would be interesting if I could actually measure that. I'm sure it would be pretty um, eye-opening if you could put a true metric to that, but I, I'm, it was hard enough as it was growth is hard. And so if we didn't have some of that, I can only imagine it would have been <laughs> super difficult. That's so very true. Are you listening to the Higher Power Radio Show? I'm your host, Rick Gerard. And for our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Hey, check out stridesearch.com. There you'll find a link to order your copy of Healing Career Wounds. Let it be your startup secret weapon to winning the strongest tires. Our guest today is Mr. Mark Reifenrath. He is the CEO of Spin You Tech. We're discussing values, which we talk about quite a bit here. I just want everybody to start getting it. And, you know, Mark is a living example of somebody who came in, set up their values, and since then his business has been flourishing. Mark, walk us through how we can implement this into our business today. How did you set this up so that you would have a successful organization? So when we think of core values and starting a business, what you have to understand is you've got to own who you are. Those core values are very likely going to be very reflective of what your core values are as an individual. If you try to stray away from that too much, you're setting a trap for problems and potentially failure in the future. So I think you've got to own who you are uh, they've got to be lived values. You know, you can't be super aspirational. We've said that a couple of times. And so make sure that you do, you're all in on them. As, as a leader, as the founder, as the person, you know, kind of the captain of the ship, you've got to be all in on those. And if you're not, you're just, you're creating a bigger problem than you need to. So um, you've just got to be super honest with yourself and, and write those down, refine them, simplify, make sure that there's detail behind them. Are they actionable? And are they lived? So there's a lot of, I think it's kind of common sense for me now. Um, I'm not sure that it would have been day one. So I wish that I could be saying these things to myself 22 years ago, because it would have been super helpful and potentially save some of the, the pains that we went through those, those early growth stages. But um, just really being intentional about it, I think is super important. You know, you brought up a, a really good point. What's interesting is that it's not a marketing document. So don't treat it like a marketing document. This is why people are aspirational with their values, I think, is they're trying to put out to the world that we're this amazing place that everybody's going to want to work at. And everybody knows it's bullshit because it's not authentic. You need to ask yourself as a leader, like the hard questions, am I really collaborative? Do I really try to make myself better day by day? 
I mean, those are things that are probably you, Mark, and they probably fit really well with the organization and it's ingrained in your culture. But you've got to be able to build these out in a truthful way. Even the bad stuff can be a value. There's a lot of environments out there that are what I like to call hunter environments. When it all costs, stab you in the back if, if you're looking the wrong way. But they're highly profitable businesses and they do really well. There are people who do well in those type of environments. You want to attract those people. I think where you get into trouble is when you start using words like integrity and fun when, when that's not really what the environment is. 100%. Again, it's got to be core to who you are as an individual, as a leader when you're starting. Now, you may land in an organization that you are a leader in that already has a set of core values. I mean, to me, it would be a, a big filter for me if I was applying someplace. Do I align with those? We, that's why we're asking questions in the interview process, because you do want to attract people that are all in on those. And I love to say, you know, in the hiring process, they reviewed our core values. They understand our culture. I don't just want a yes. I want a hell yes. And part of that hell yes is I'm in alignment with all that stuff. And I'm super ready and excited to be a part of that team because of that. Now, I just had a conversation probably last week about our core values. Our core values aren't going to help us sell more business. Like people don't necessarily buy from you because of your core values. We can use it in the sales process to highlight our culture and, and why we do certain things the way that we do. And it can be an attraction to some extent. But I think to your point earlier, sometimes organizations try to do that as a sales point only. And again, authenticity Super important. I don't think you can highlight that enough. It's got to be authentic. Well, I mean, you don't want every customer. I mean, you don't want bad customers, right? You want customers that are going to work with you. So again, if you're going to use it from a sales perspective, then be real because how we work and how we operate has to work with our clients. Otherwise, you're going to start getting bad reviews and you're going to have a lot of people unhappy with you. It definitely helps to set the expectations properly. Getting these things down on paper, it's, I think it's critical that you are realistic with who you are. Again, I think aspirational values are completely worthless. You know, having real values of who you are create a North Star on how everybody operates within the organization. Creating a language in and around the organization of how things work and why they work the way that they work helps people make better decisions for the organization. So it helps you to empower your people also to make sure that those people are going to be successful within an organization. Nothing worse than somebody making a decision based on what they think is the right idea, but they have nothing to, to base it by. So let's talk about working this into a daily routine because you, you talk about creating a language. I see a lot of companies that do this really, really well where the core values are used almost in every paragraph. Talk to me about that. Yeah, I do think that it's just, it's part of our our daily verbiage that we use. It's It's on Slack, we have a shout out channel, which is beautiful. It's awesome to read the great things that the team is doing. But what's beautiful is they'll say things like, Rick did a great job and displayed we over me. He displayed we do the right thing. And then they state specifically what that individual did with a client or internally. And you can't make it any better than that. And, and that's not forced. Um, it's, it's what the team does. It's just kind of when somebody new comes in, they're going to read those and very quickly see, oh, that's the language we use. That's how we, um, acknowledge people in a positive way. That's the affirmation we give. And it kind of puts people into to line pretty quick with what those core values are and, and seeing constant lived examples of them. So that's the best way. I think our, our all team meeting on a monthly basis, same thing. 
it's aligned with what core values they're displayed, uh, they've displayed and why they're getting recognized. So it's just part of everyday thinking. And um, like I said, you know, hire, fire, lead, manage, and solve problems with them. Working into the daily routine, you're basically setting up core values from the onboarding piece. You're also working into your communications channels of Slack and your day-to-day conversations, and then also every meeting. That's pretty easy to do, right? I think so too. I think for people that have been around here a while, it's common sense to them. So when we say we solve problems, well, what does that mean? What's that look like? If there's a problem with a team member, you can very quickly say, okay, where's the miss? What core value are they misaligned with? Oh man, that action or what they did there was really not aligned well with we over me. Well, let's just, so now you're attacking the problem, not the person. I love that saying. Um, and so you, you go to that person and you can say, listen, Rick, in that meeting or whatever, you know, you were kind of all about you and not really the team. And, and, and so you can use a specific example. It's a, it, the we over me is a tough one because it does get a little personal, but you're trying to state here's where we're misaligned and here's where we need to get to. And it just makes it easier for everybody to look at it, solve it, and not hopefully get super emotional about it and defensive. And okay, here's what we got to do to get back in line with that one. Same with a client. If a client's gotten a little wonky, we can look at that and say, which core value are they maybe misaligned with right now and we need to talk to them about? How do you evaluate somebody in an interview for core value alignment? So our interview process is, it's lengthy intentionally, but step one is just that cultural filter um, and core value filter. So it's just a screening call, uh, simple questions to try to you know, draw out, are they, is there an ego? Is there arrogance? Um, just, just simple questions to see how they align. We don't want to clearly state like, are you, did you read our core values and are in alignment with them? That's an easy, yeah, sure. Of course I am. Um, so if they make it past that, then they're going to get into team interviews, uh, depending on what role they're in, you know, different team members from that team they would be on would be having conversations. And at the end of the day, so interview four or so is going to be myself and it's a pretty short interview. Um, but it's ultimately for questions from them to me. Um, I asked one question. It's, it's a, I, I love it. It's what's your walk-up song when you wake up in the morning when you, you walk to your desk? What's that playing in your head? Um, and it's just thinking on your feet, show a little bit of your personality. There's no wrong answer. And But I'm kind of just sitting back and what questions are they asking? Do I pick up on any? It's just a final culture check, that gut check of are they going to be a good fit for our team? Are there any red flags that we need to revisit? I'm going to take this opportunity to just talk about actually what he does. So evaluating against values, there's a really easy way to do this. And it starts with building an interview question library around your values. And so if you really want to make this easy on all of your employees and everybody who is in the interview process, create an interview question library and then assign questions so that when somebody shows up, everybody's getting the same fair, consistent interview, and you're setting your people up to be able to gather intelligence based on whether or not somebody really aligns with the organization or not. So it's more evidence-based. Assigning the questions to interviewers, you're going to get a little bit of resistance at first, but what ends up happening is that people lean into it quite often because it makes their job that much easier. Look, here's the thing. People only need three to four interview questions to be able to understand whether or not somebody aligns with your values. Now, Mark did get into phone screen and how important it was the phone screen in ensuring that you can get people who are aligned with the organization as well. So I like to call the phone screen a discovery call, which when you actually flip the whole phone screen concept upside down, 
It gives you the, uh, the opportunity to learn about somebody, whether or not they're positioned well for the organization and whether or not they bring kind of those skills that you're looking for as well. So a lot of times what ends up happening is we look at somebody's background, we get enamored with exactly what it is that somebody's done, and then we start delving into, hey, look at I really like what this person's done, and I've already made a decision that I want to interview the person. But what that person's looking for could be quite different than what I offer. And that is often problematic for a lot of companies. Then we end up going through a full interview cycle, and at the end, scratching our heads, going, well, I wonder why this person turned down the offer. It's because what the person wanted was not what you were offering. To find that out up front is super critical on making sure that you're able to uh, get the right person on board. Mark, so we're running pretty close on time. What would be two or three key takeaways you can give the audience that can plug into the business today? Absolutely. All right. So one, I would say be completely honest about what your core values are make sure they're lived and not aspirational. Secondly, try to make them as actionable as possible with your values. So what can you make that they're going to do something every day as part of their, you know, their lived values that they're going to do. Third and foremost, stay patient in the hiring process. Don't just put a butt in the seat. That's going to create a huge problem for you down the road. Be patient. I know it can be short-term pain, but avoid that long-term pain. Hire the right people. Take your time and make sure they're aligned with those core values. Mark, thanks so much for your time investments today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, what would be the best way in which members of the audience can find you, find your company, all that good stuff? Yeah. So I'm very active on LinkedIn. You can find me as Mark Reifmath. It's Mark with a C. And then you'll see my last name on the screen here. It's a tough one. Uh, and you can also go to spinutech.com, S-P-I-N-U-T-E-C-H.com. We've got lots of great content on there and, and ways to connect with us, social channels and all that fun stuff as well. Perfect. And of course, we'll always have the links in the show notes. All right, Mark, uh, thanks so much for your time investment today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, we'll link all your contact information for you. All right, I want to thank this week's audience for tuning in to this week's episode of Higher Power. A quick thanks to our team, Brian Colburn, Andrea Ballin, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share after all the shows for you. So we want to make sure that we're providing valuable content for you week after week. You can join the Higher Power Radio community at Higher, H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O.com, or you can drop me an email at RichardStrideSearch.com. Tune in next Tuesday. Our guest is going to be Becky Wanta. Becky is the CIO slash CTO of Q5ID. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn Live show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to hiring success, Rick Gerard.